welcome to the Management Learning Podcast. I'm Louise, your host, and today uh, we'll be absorbing wisdom from Diana, Gordon and Paula on what training do people want in a pandemic. So let me introduce everyone. Uh, Diana first. Hi Diana, tell me about your role. Hi Louise uh, and thank you. Um, I have been a Director of Management Learning Coaching for quite a long time now, um, more years than I care to remember. Uh, and actually I've built my career on just helping people to do what they do even better. Uh, so I love learning myself and I love helping other people to find the little ways into being able to do what they do even better, even smarter, even faster. Excellent. That's one of the things I love about working with you, Diana. So thank you. I'm glad you're joining us today. Um, Gordon, tell me about your role. Uh, so I'm the business development director. And as the name might suggest, it's, uh, that's about developing the way in which we deliver in part and deliver our learning through the marketplace. And so my, my big interest is in exploring and finding new ways of um, enabling learning uh, that really captures the imagination of the audience. Fabulous. Thank you for joining us today. And Paula, tell me about your role. Thanks, Louise. Um, my role, I'm a client relationship manager. And I've been with the company for about 15 years now, so it's quite a long time. Um, and my role really is to look after, as it would suggest, the relationships that we have with our clients and, and actually people before they become clients of ours. So I tend to spend my time, you know, looking for people that we may have relation or could have relationships with. Um, I also look after the, um, the whole experience, really. And that could include, you know, sort of pre-delivery the delivery, post-delivery, and that relationship ongoing. So it's all about making sure that the experience that our client has is as good as it can get and that we keep all of our promises all of the time as a company. Lovely. So you must have a really good insight into what um, the kind of organisations that we like to work with, that MNC like to work with, uh, struggling with and grappling with around their training needs right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it's changing. It's changing on a, on a daily basis, actually. And, and having those conversations is giving us great insight to the sorts of um, issues, uh, challenges um, and the good stuff that's actually being shared right now, which we're able to share on with our other clients or relationships. So, yes, very much so. Fabulous, because that's just, that's so important. Thank you. So I'm going to kick off with first question and we'll see, we'll see where it takes us. So to all of you, um, what do, what do you think managers and their staff need from employers right now? And importantly, are they getting it? I think if, uh, I'll just kick us off there. Um, the second half of the question might be <laughs> um, easier to, to explain than the first. I think there's a huge difference and, and that will depend on what's happening to that organisation right now. So some employers are paddling just to keep their heads above water. I think they don't even know if they'll have a business at the end of this. Others have got more work that they can shake a stick at and are looking for more staff to be able to help them out. So I think there is 
you know, a wide divergence. There almost isn't anything in between those. You know, some organisations have everybody furloughed and they're, and they're all at home waiting for the phone to ring or waiting to find out what's going to happen. Um, and, and others have got more work than they can shake a stick at and, and therefore don't really have time to think about what's going to happen next week or in the next phase of, of the easing of lockdown. So it's mm. quite a difficult one. And, and I think probably also the longer the lockdown goes on, we're in whatever we're now, quite, quite a, you know, pe people are sort of settling into this being normal. Um, so whereas at the start, you know, there was the talk of it being three weeks, which was probably never going to be the case. Um, oh my God, I've got to be at home for three weeks, whereas now it's eight, nine, however many weeks it is. Uh, and so it has become more normal for people. Now that doesn't, I mean it's better necessarily it's more no no it doesn't people are sort of creating their own routine whether they're homeschooling kids and trying to do their own work in the meantime mm. uh, or, or whatever so and it's mm -hmm. quite difficult but it does also mean that that those organizations who for whom it's important are having a bit of breathing space and, and beginning to think about what do i need to provide for my people at home because this might go on for quite a bit quite a bit longer whether they're working at home or, or not working at home yeah so Paula um do you have what what do you think managers and their staff are, are wanting and needing from their employers right now yeah um it's really changed in the last week or so I would say the last few weeks have been centered around um you know treading water a little bit you know, what can we offer people right now? Um, are, are people okay? Are they managing to work at home okay? Yes, tick, they mm. seem to be. And I think people are, you know, organisations are now starting to think about, actually, this is going to be a little bit longer than we thought. Um, we need to start looking after our people in terms of their personal development, not just the needs of the business. And I'm starting to hear that. Um, I also think that, um, uh, that, that this is, we've heard the new normal. I'm starting to hear things like the new world and, and how do we adapt to that? Mm. So there's, there, there is now this, um, we, need, we need to offer um, uh, programs to our, our employees that are gonna help them as an individual that will also of course help them whilst they're working at home but also help them build those skills for when they return back to the workplace. And they don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, you know, is it going to be three months, six months or longer? Um, we're hearing of universities right now that are gonna be offering online um, uh, programs until summer next year. So, you know, this is all sorts of worries. And, and now they're actually thinking, right, we need to do something about that. Um, I need to take action now. So, you know, it's really changed in the last week. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really useful, useful insight. And I think what I'm hearing from both of you is that it's differing wildly between different organisations and even different employees inside the same organisation. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no blanket approach or no, no consensus about what's needed and how it's needed. No. No, I, I would go along with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Gordon, what's your what are your thoughts on yeah. on what managers and staff need? Yeah, I think I think what's interesting for me is is that the 
the, the, we've seen a sort of a, a shift and it, it, it's that sort of natural process of, you know, everybody, when, when it first came crashing in on everybody and we went into lockdown, everybody was in shock. And, and, and you got the sort of, virtually the impression of, of, of a bunch of rabbits in the headlights and, and, and everybody is um, sort of scrabbling around trying to work out what, what this was and how long it's going to last for. And the, the visible horizon was, was very, very short. Mm. I think what, what's now happening is, you know, and then it became three weeks and it became six weeks. And now I think people are starting to look, um, as, as Paul says, they're starting to go, well, actually, this is going to, it's going to be like this in some form or other, even after people start to return into office-based work, because there's going to be a, a core of people. A lot of businesses are saying, you know, actually, we've, we've realised that we can, we can work from home and, and, and it can be successful and it can be okay. And, and, um, and there's opportunities in that. Um, and so I think, I think in terms of what people want, we were, we were getting some quite sort of like panicky messages of, oh my gosh, I'm a manager, I'm a director, I'm, you know, I'm running this and, and, and I don't know what, how do I manage my people? How do I, how do I deal with my people? What, what seems to be coming through now, those sort of conversations are still there, but they, they, they seems to have muted down a bit. And I think this is partly because people have sort of kind of settled in and, 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 are, and are starting to panic less if you know what I mean they're settling into that process and realizing that it's not as tough as it, it as it might be yeah uh, but I think also what, what they're starting to do is they're starting to listen to their people and and this this thing about people's personal development seems to be quite I'm just getting the impression it's demand-led in other words yeah. employers and organizations are listening to what their people are saying and going okay all right we hear you what what can we do to support you in your environment? I think the next phase may well be that employers go, okay, great. And actually we need something out of this. And so we might then start to see a bit more of a shift of being a bit more proactive about that rather than reactive. But right now, I think we're, we're in that phase of, 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 of responding to all the employers are in the phase of responding to their market, which is their employees, and, and mm. where they're at, and and helping them wherever they where, wherever they're coming from. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, Diana, go ahead. No, I can say there's a little addendum to the this is becoming normal, um, which is we mustn't forget that there are still many many people who are self isolating alone. Yes. Um, and I think you know it, it's easy to think you know, uh, uh, people talking about homeschooling being a problem. I saw a funny thing the other day, somebody saying, can I sack the teacher <laughs> being me? Um, you know, because there are some people who are really suffering and they're, you know, maybe young professionals or, or for whatever reason, you know, were on their own when, when lockdown started and therefore are still self-isolating alone. And I think that therefore the problems being faced by people and, and the needs that they have from their employer will differ from that point of view as well. Mm, uh, that's a really important thing to remember, isn't it? That you know, work, our workplaces are also, it, we don't just go to work to work, do we? We get an awful lot more than that. No, that, yes, that, that's pr probably a whole PhD thesis in that. <laughs> no doubt. Well, that is my identity. If I don't have that job role, who am I? Mm. Yeah, I, interesting. I think there's another factor as well, which is that that, that um, 
you know, th those are on furlough are probably, you know, and some of them may see it as an extended holiday. I, I would imagine a lot of them uh, are, are feeling, you know, possibly feelings of boredom or being a bit lost or a bit useless and maybe worrying about, you know, whether or not they're even going to have a job to go back to. Um, and then there's a, there's, there's a sort of like another cohort who, who you know, and we're, we're kind of experiencing this as well, where the work's got more intensive and, mm. and fairly relentless. You know, we were saying before we came on the call that, 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 that uh, this conversation that, you know, wow, it's pretty intense at the moment. And, um, and I think that's not just because, you know, because of, 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 of projects and stuff and uh, conscious decisions. I think people, I think there's been a, just a shift. People just don't know when to hit the stop button. Leaving the office at the end of the day and getting on the train puts a pause and gives you a chance to decompress and gives you a chance to step, stop. When, you're, when your office is um, you know, 10 feet from your bedroom or whatever it is, then uh, it, there's, there's not a huge, yeah, it requires a deliberate shift of thinking in order to put a, put a full stop on the day and, and, and a pause on, on, your, on your work. I'm, I'm, as you're talking about that, Gordon, and also picking up on something Diana said, I was, I, we picked up on the theme of personal development being really important. Um, and so I, I think for people who are furloughed, for example, maybe personal development is, it, there's, a, there's a great opportunity for personal development at the moment. But, but maybe also actually listening to what we were talking about in terms of what you're really talking about is managing the work-life balance when work looks different and the boundaries are different. So maybe there's something about personal development in that sense as well it feels it feels to me like the the boundaries between work and other parts of our life are shifting as a result of changes in work patterns that are a result of coronavirus and and, and the pandemic so do you think that do any 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 of the three of you do you think that personal development is linked to those kind of changes that the hunger for personal development I think one thing that that um, could possibly happen for people is, you know, the nature of the work has changed. As you said, you know, we're, we're working online. We're not going out and visiting clients. and We're not running training courses in training rooms. Um, and personal development sort of has to come through the same medium, doesn't it? It sort of has to come through the computer or phone mm -hmm. or gadget. So, again, there's a sort of blurring of those lines, potentially, um, that Gordon was talking about. It's hard to switch off because you don't have to go very far to get home. Uh, and also, if you want to switch off and do some learning, you don't go anywhere at all, because the learning comes through the same medium. And I mm. think that's something that we need to think about as well. So you don't get that time outside the office in the same way. No, which no. Which can be really valuable. Absolutely. And of course, if you're you know, on a learning Zoom call, let's say for the sake of argument, you, you know, your email notifications will still come through and your Slack notifications and other people still wanting things from you and you know mm. that you're still online so that probably all needs rethinking yeah actually i've got a question for paula about that paula how do you find managing your work life um so something perhaps a bit more personal to you do you find that you're getting it, that it, the, the boundaries are more blurred or the end that you're getting more notifications or, or or have you not noticed that for yourself that's quite interesting, actually, because um, 
I've worked at home for 15 years now and I was actually having this very conversation with one of our clients an hour or so ago um, who is not used to working from home at all and um, she also lives alone um, so of course we we got into quite a long conversation and she said she'd value knowing from me you know how 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 I manage that time mm. Um, now, I have always managed the time very, very well in that, you know, I'm able to and, and I've always been um, put into sort of packets of time because I have family. So I have children to get to school. So I get back. So nine o'clock, I can sort of get started. So I'm I'm managed a little bit by those constraints. And of course, I don't have those right now. So I've had to try and keep those disciplines because I know how important those disciplines are for your own well-being, you know, person, your own um, mental well-being, your own physical well-being. Um, having said that, you know, during the pandemic, it has been quite difficult to, to make sure that you, you do look after yourself and you give yourself the time that you need. Mm. Um, um, and up until I would say the beginning of this week, my, my, my working hours have got very blurred. Um, and I, I sat down and, and I thought, Do you know, I am going to plan how I'm going to work to make sure that, you know, management, learning and coaching get the best out of me and I get the best out of me. Um, and we talked quite a bit about that, no, um, Hannah and I actually. Mm. Um, and, um, and I would say um, making sure that, you know, you think about the best way that you can work um that that is the most productive for you and and for the company that you work for um yeah, so you you raise a really interesting point there paula um which is that you've you have learned ways to manage your time that are related to your work life but are also related to other roles that you play you know that a parent um yeah is you know you can't you can't get away from that so there's something else that we've been talking about recently uh, which is about informal learning or things that you learn not on the job but you learn through doing other things in your life and it actually you gave the fantastic example the other day of managing a building project at home as well yeah so i think i won i wonder if there's more scope if, if people are asking for more personal development in their from their employers and you know life is changing the way we work is changing and we're all experiencing it differently i wonder if there's more scope for looking at informal learning and learning that we do outside the workplace and maybe gordon you've got some thoughts on that as well and bringing those you know recognizing the value of that yeah i think that's i think the the, the recognition of the informal learning it requires a um quite a big paradigm shift um in as much as that that the, the that it requires the individual to, you know, reframe maybe some of their experiences as learning. Um, and it also requires um, the employer to um, somehow be aware of and to be able to evaluate, you know, that learning and to put that into a context in terms of, in, in terms of the workplace to make it useful, I suppose. And, um, I mean, one of the challenges is, is, is you know, if you don't recognise something as learning, um, then um, maybe you don't carry that skill through. You know, I'm I'm just a mum. I just I just I, I just get my kids out of bed in the morning, get their breakfast on the table, and get them to school, and then I come back and I do my job. 
well that requires a fair degree of organization and management and um and, and so um there's a skill set there that's, mm. that's really, really important um so i think that I, I think the whole question of of um you know uh recognizing actually just recognizing informal learning would be a really really great step and um, yeah. then somehow evaluating it as to its um its 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 value to the individual and its value to the employer. And I know there was an article recently about you know, an organization in the States that's, that's looking at how do we actually um, measure that and measure the value of that for, for the employment. Mm. And we'll share the, the link to that article. I know the one you're talking about, we'll share that in the notes that go along with this podcast. So thank you for that, Gordon. And I suspect actually that Diana will have something to say about um, <laughs> about informal learning. And also there's, there's a thing about self-directed learning, which is sometimes um, people are much more motivated, I think. And I, I know, Diana, you'll have something to say about that. Diana does, indeed, yes. For me, the conversation has almost come full circle, which is what we're talking about, is looking after your people. For me, the first step of looking after your people is you need to know them. What do they do? Good point. Because of, you know, five in the evening and nine the next morning. What, what's, what turns them on? What gets them going? What other things do they have to grapple with? Because all of that uh, is useful learning that they've learned over time informally, as we're, as we're saying. We now have a name for it. Uh, and a lot of which can be useful. I have a, we have a, a good uh, business friend who talks about a three-legged dog. You know, how, how well do you know your people? Who do you know that has a three-legged dog? Because actually just starting that conversation means you'll, you will, by its very nature, get to know uh, how they feel about things, what else they're, they're dealing with outside of the hours of nine to five. Mm. And this all comes into what we call discretionary effort it's it's the 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 bits of oneself that one could bring into the workplace if only we knew that it was going to be valued if only we recognized ourselves that it was going to be valued and recognized it as value so so the the very simple project management skills whether you're managing a a, you know building project on your house uh, or you're just managing getting everybody out to the places they need to go in the uniform they need to be wearing with the correct lunch every day um that's managing yeah, no a small task <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> a project um and it's the sort of thing that people become good at and don't even recognize in themselves mm. much less you know we can't we can't hold employers feet to the fire on this because people quite often don't recognize themselves you know ha- how complex that can be and how much learning has gone into you know, getting it down to the minimum possible time it takes to get, as I say, people people going in the right directions, wearing the right clothes. Yeah. It, it seems to be, you know, if we, if we go back to the question of what training do people need, I think that quite often, um, and we see this a lot with, with, with businesses and organisations, is that their, their first reaction is, uh, we've got this problem, and the solution is training. And I wonder if there's a bit of that going on, which, you know, a bit like when, when, when all of the, the executives and, and what have you panicked a little bit and said, oh, we don't know how to manage our people, you know, in this new environment. How do we do that? And well, kind of pretty much the same as you did before, but more, uh, more contact, more communication, more, um, you know, all of the, assuming that you, you know, you have the good management practices in place. 
is do more of that. Um, look after your people, shift your priorities, shift your focus. Um, and maybe they work that out for themselves. Um, but their immediate reaction was, I need training in this. I need to be told how to do it because I'm out of my comfort zone. I don't understand it. And I wonder whether there's something sim similar going on here, which is right. I've been at home now for nine weeks and I feel like I need something and, and what have you. And, uh, uh, I, and I think there's probably, a, you know, that's not to belittle that. It's not to say that there isn't a genuine you know, need and, and a genuine benefit in having some, um, you know, in having some training. And I'll, I mean, actually Paula, Paula can probably provide some insight on that because I know we've had some clients coming through and asking for some specific, um, you know, specific programs. Uh, a lot of them around resilience and um, you know, managing time and managing meetings. Um, are, are there some others in there, Paula? Yeah, we've had uh, managing self in isolation has just come up recently. Um, just trying to think. You know, just, just simple communication has been a big one. Yeah, written communication was actually one of them, which I haven't seen asked for in, in a very, very long time, actually. Um, probably because that's what we're doing now. You know, we can't pick up the phone to, to people. So mm. we have to write, you know, um, emails and, and email to get an email right and to get the information out and back in the way that you need it. Um, it is everything at the moment because in some cases it's the only way of communicating so um yeah i've i've, I've seen very very different um um requests coming in and that is interesting isn't it in in what i'm considering the age of zoom and video calls that actually writing is still phenomenally important maybe more so and i think Sorry, Diana, go ahead. Well, more so, I think, because you've got to think yourself across the other side of the table. Mm. You know, and people probably are having to do more of it if, if that is the only way of communicating. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you, you can no longer walk around the other side of the table. And yeah. even, <laughs> literally, and even in, a, even in a call, you know, it, that's a different form of communication. You know, a, a voice call like this one or with it, you know, with a video. Even that's a different form of communication. And yeah, that's got its own challenges. You've got to be able to listen differently, look differently, um, and um, and yeah, writing is very much part of the communication process, which I think maybe has taken you know a lesser a, le a lesser importance up to yet. Hmm. Yeah, I think we've all got less time. I think you know. It, we want to get it, we want, if we're communicating in writing or by email, we want to get it right first time, don't we? Mm. Well, actually we have to, because mm. not so opens up all sorts of other problems down the, down the line if we don't. Um, yeah, that, that's another whole category. I was sort of thinking, you know, the, the, the way that even face-to-face -face is changing now. Both of my kids have recently got jobs in, in key areas just in retail both of them um because they're both here having had exams cancelled and of course all the stuff i've ever talked to them about you know what you do in an interview and how you come across and how you make eye contact is all out the window really because mm. so much of that you miss if you're on a on a shaky zoom call at best yeah yeah i was sort of uh, we're, we're sort of we're getting um quite sophisticated in what we think people need and I'm I sort of 
I, I will never forget, uh, this goes back uh, quite a long time now to um, the last proper job I ever had and I was off sick for a period of time, I'd had surgery and uh, technology wasn't as it is now, of course, you had to unplug your phone in order to, to send and receive emails, remember that time? Um, but we, you know, we had phones, we had mobile phones and things. And the one thing I just wanted somebody from the office to do was just ring me and say hello, mm -hmm. just make contact. I was home for seven weeks. And in that time, my boss drove past my house twice every day, once on the way to work, literally right past my house, past the end of my drive. And nobody contacted me in that time. It was as if I disappeared off the face of the earth. Because nobody thought about it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And it's really, really, really not difficult. But it comes back to the, the point that we, we keep raising, and I know it's something that comes up for us in the course of our work together a lot, about looking after your people. Yeah. And, and, and we're with people, aren't we? Just check in with them. Just make sure they're okay. Yeah. We've started yeah. doing things in our organisation. We, we normally have a, um, a Zoom call on a Monday, which is our operations call. We're now having a Zoom call every morning, just a quick check-in to make sure. And, and we've been working from home for 15, 20 years, all of us. So we're quite used to this, but we just have decided to have a quick check-in every morning. And it's not to check up on anybody. Everybody knows that. We bring our cups of tea and breakfast and, you know, in pyjamas and various states of having had showers and stuff. But it's just a check-in. It, it really doesn't have to be complicated. No, no, I, I agree. And it's, you know, you, a, a maxim that you, that you quote in, that you quote regularly, Diana, is, you know, over-communicate. Nobody ever complained yeah. about being, a, you know, over-communication. Nobody that I've ever met has ever said, just communicate a bit too much with me. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't happen, does it? Not yet. Um, <laughs> no, well, okay, all right, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that one out there. It may happen. So I think... I think we've covered an awful lot in the space of about 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, is there, I suppose actually Paula, from, from the, the customer or the, you know, our contacts perspective, what do you, is there anything that you kind of would take away from this conversation? I think that um, companies are now moving into that next stage. They, they, they've gone past, as, as we've all said, the panic stage. Mm. they're all settling now into you know what's next and they're now starting to think about you know what can we do to look after our people um which is is i think you know it, it, it's new um and I it's varied isn't it it's different you know it's different for each organization absolutely absolutely um so it's just interesting times I think yeah. that would be my yeah. takeaway. Interesting times and it's moving very fast. I like that. Maybe we live in interesting times. Sorry, Gordon. No, it's all right. I think, I think, I think just listening to Paul, I think what, what I picked up and, and sort of what's crystallising for me is, is that, that, that um, yes, you know, it is about looking after people. People are now starting to look ahead and imagine a future and, and maybe imagine a future that's, that's much like the one, much like the present, actually. And, and so I wonder whether, you know, everybody's been drawing breath and holding their breath. And now it's like, okay, I think, I think this is going to be like, you know, what it's like. So um, I'm now I'm ready to think about what my personal development needs are. And then maybe that's why we're starting to get people saying, okay, I need some something now so that, because now I, 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 I'm 
reasonably confident I'm going to have a job to go back to. I'm reasonably confident that, that this is going to be the way of working. And um, I've stopped panicking and I can now start to think about the future. And so what, what's sort of come up for me really out of this call is that the, the, the training that people want and need is around how do I, you know, how do I look after myself? How do I look after my people? Um, but also how can I prepare myself for this new world of work and, and, and ensure that you use this time proactively to be prepared for when things do start to shift, when we do start to transition. Hmm. That was just my, my, my conclusion. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And so I think that brings us quite nicely to an end point. So thank you, um, all of you. Thank you, Diana, Gordon and Paula for your time and your thoughts. And, uh, and we'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.